everybody. Welcome to Underemployed. This is David. I'm Jack. We are back in this bitch. Episode two. Of what we hope to be many. survived. Yeah. Good feedback all around. You know, friends were approving, family approving. I don't know about what you heard, David. I heard mostly positive. I say like 86% positive. That's a good rate. Yeah, well, you know, that's, uh, that's better than the, the normal batting average that gets into the Hall of Fame, so hey, I'll take it. Dude, if we were free throw shooters, we'd be really dependable at 86%. You know, it's funny. I was in, like, Harris Teeter the other day, and I remember this old woman walked up to me, and I was surprised because, uh... She she walked up to me and I was like, "What's up?" And she said, uh, "Sir, you can't cut in line." And I said, "You know who the you know who the fuck you're talking to? I'm the host of the wildly successful underemployed podcast." And she said, "I don't know what that is." And then I stole her worth as originals right from her and I took them right in front of her. So I think the fe- feedback's been pretty positive. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anything you want to talk about? Oh, go ahead. I want to say positive feedback brings us to our first point uh, for this episode: Black Panther, the movie. Positive uh, feedback, positive came monies. Out, came out two, came out last week. Um, I, Bethany and I went and saw it uh, at her behest. All, all the credit to her. Went and saw it at her behest uh, opening weekend, and I tremendously enjoyed it. Um, do I think it's the best Marvel movie? No, I, I, I don't think that. Um, but is it going to be probably the most culturally significant Marvel movie? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that the characters were really well done. The script was awesome. The writing was great. Dialogue seemed natural and unforced. Um, there were the random bits and pieces throughout the movie that were, you know, very Marvel-y. Uh, I, I enjoyed a lot. The fact that uh, Chadwick Boseman's character is this world leader and, you know, very erudite and, and put together human being in, in, in the public sphere, but as soon as he has that suit on or as soon as he's back within the space of Wakanda, he is just roasted non-stop. <laughs> exactly. was hilarious. <laughs> it's interesting. So what made you hesitate, not even hesitant, but what made Bethany sort of the one to be the drive to see it? Were you just not? No, I, okay. I just didn't, I just don't like going to really crowded movies. That's just the long and short of it. I have have found so many times that opening weekend, people just want to act out and, uh, you know, talk through the movie or even I've, I've been in movies opening weekend where people are blatantly recording it. So like, you know, there's that. So I just, I just don't like dealing with it, but we went and the crowd was stone silent the entire time, which was, I mean, what you would expect out of a movie theater. Yeah, I felt the same with mine. I, I had the same reservations, but I remember thinking, oh, that's good. You know, no, it's not like there's not too much reaction either way, except for when it's appropriate, when the laughs were necessary and all that. And I just really, you know, I, I also enjoyed it. I, I just, I felt like, kind of like what you said, there was, it, it was kind of held down in realism, which isn't, you don't always see in superhero-like movies, but I really liked that. It wasn't too crazy. It was a good movie with relatable people. No, I, I, I totally agree. And what was nice was having Martin Freeman's character uh, be kind of a, a normal, in a in, in a sense, the the average human being yeah. is caught up in all of this. People who were powered or super, you know, trained in, in in means of war. And he was a pilot, yeah. So he's trained in some means of war, but he's he's not out there fighting hand to hand like the rest of them. <laughs> uh, 
And so to have somebody who who felt kind of relatably average, <laughs> but compared to the rest of these people, was was a nice comeback from was was a nice return for Marvel, which is something that I think they've lost in the last few movies, because it you know it seems like the entire thing is surrounded by everybody's got powers, um, and it makes you forget that it's not always like that. And in this case, the power was from a. It wasn't from within; it was from their own, you know, their own stuff, and that I think also made it where it was like you're pretty much a normal person until you take, you know, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the, the substance. What is it? It's a uh, vibranium. Vibranium. Thank you. I, uh, the metal. Yeah. yeah. And I think that made it again. It, I, I don't like using the term relatable too much, but it did make it a little more kind of relatable, at least as far as superhero movies. And not, not that I don't like the. Spider-Mans and Supermans of the world, but I, I felt like it was a good change of pace, too. Yeah. And yeah I mean, all in all, enjoyable film. Awesome soundtrack. I've been listening to it pretty consistently on Spotify in the last two weeks. Yeah, I really uh, liked it, too. Characters, specifically, that I enjoyed. Uh, Killmonger. In the first scene, I honestly thought that it was Joey Badass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Joey like, Badass, who's delving into acting now, of course. I... Who knows? He might be. Vince Staples is going to show up later and play one of the one of the uh, you know side villains. Vic Mensa, maybe uh, maybe Earl and Tyler showing up somehow as well. You know, who knows? Jay Electronica would show up for some reason. Oh man, Jay Electronica. Jay Electronica would be the awkward cousin that nobody really wants to talk to. Hey man, weren't you supposed to put out an album ten years ago? Uh, whatever, man. Let's not go there, God. <laughs> I always said we were the Vince Staples of podcasts. We were trying to keep this to, what, about 23, 30 minutes? That's about the length of a Vince Staples LP. So, I mean, we're keeping it sort of tight and sort of close. Yeah, oh yeah, let's let's put ourselves in the same realm as Vince Staples. Well, you know how much Vince Staples loves trolling white people, so that's a statement he would doubly love to hear from us. Does he really love trolling white people, or do, love, or do white people love putting themselves on a platter for him? I feel like it's a little bit of column A and column B in that sense. I feel like Vince revels in it, and I feel like, uh, eh, you know, I feel like I, I feel like it does work in both directions. Uh, and dude makes good music. I'm not even complaining. I just, you know, knowing how Vince Staples operates, I think uh, hearing him, us compare us to him would be great. Yeah. Yeah, but I will allow that. Also, continuing in uh, geeky discussions, I discovered this weekend, or Bethany and I discovered this weekend, I should say, that uh, Legend of Korra, the second part yeah. of the Avatar series, is yeah. available on the Nickelodeon app for no extra charge if you've got a Nick subscription. Dude, that's awesome. I, you know, it's funny, my brother and I watched Korra because we're huge. I know you're not a huge Avatar fan. I, en- I enjoy it a lot. Don't okay. I'm sorry, I'm confusing you with some other series we disagree on. Um, I know Bethany loves Avatar. I love Avatar. Uh, so I, we never finished Korra, though. But we really liked it. We just never finished it. Well, it's on the Nickelodeon app if you uh, have a basic cable package. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion that we have a package, but because... Eh, anyway, it's really not worth discussing on a podcast. We can't find it. But that is good to know, because I've been meaning to finish that series now for two or three years. Uh well, get on it. How do you like it compared to the original Avatar? Uh, I, I enjoy it. It's, I mean, it's the same art style, which I enjoyed. Uh, some of the character voices are amusing. J.K. Simmons <laughs> of right. uh, Farmer's Insurance yeah. commercial fame and Oz. 
Um, I was going to say, wait, what's the first thing you mentioned with J.K. Simmons is Farmers? Farmers, commercial. Farmers, sincerity. I'll go, I'll go, you know what, I was going to go Spider-Man, so I'm not going to be that much better. Like, hey, his cameo role as the newspaper editor in Spider-Man, so, you know, I, who am I J. Jonah, J., The J. Jonah Jameson character? Yeah, from Spider-Man movies that are like a decade old. Nobody's been. That's right, that was, three spi- that was three Spider-Mans ago. Yeah, that was, that was three Spider-Mans ago. <laughs> actually, though, actually three Spider-Mans ago, holy shit. I know. Remember when we were young and saw that movie in theaters? Probably so. Spider- Spider-Man Two was a great, all-time great comic book movie. I will hear nothing otherwise. By the way, the video games were good too, man. They were. They were solid. They were solid games. Yeah. Um, I will say that our uh, expectations of video games back then were drastically different, considering we were what twelve and yeah. ten when those movies came out. Easily impressionable. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing. You could have more kind of novelty games, like uh, I will still maintain that Simpsons in Run is probably the best game ever made. Spider-Man 2 came out in 2004, so I was 14 and you were 12. Yeah, I mean, that is, you know, I mean, God, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, man, so. it's funny, I'm actually looking at a Shaq Kobe poster that was their last year together, and I'm, I don't know, I'm about to get teary-eyed. <laughs> Oh, I feel so bad for you. You can't, yeah, y'all can't see it through a podcast, but man, I just, uh, it's, it's, it's some reminiscing going on. What gets, what gets you more misty-eyed? Regretting that, that, regretting that they broke up or regretting that Barry Bonds is a liar? First of all, okay, I think we should establish this for the future of the podcast. Barry Bonds is an American hero, an American icon, an American legend. He, because he cheated. First of all, acquitted in a federal court. So, Damn. as innocent as innocent OJ can got be. acquitted in court, and we all know he did that. Allegedly. We have to, for a public forum, we have to emphasize the allegedly part of that. Uh, so, as I look okay. at... Okay. Okay. To the Roger very, Clemens said he never did steroids, so did Rafael Palmero. Well, the evidence has come out on that. Well, Rafael Palmero got caught with a positive test. After he shook his finger at Congress, he said, no, 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 I didn't do it. And then it says, and then it turned out, yes, 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 you did it, Rafael Palmero. I... Lance Armstrong never failed a drug test. Yeah, but the dude helped cure cancer. <laughs> anyone, who, anyone who believed that, that, looking back on it now, we all were just such suckers. I like, firmly believe dude, it. This dude who's coming back from testicular cancer, lethal testicular cancer, and cancer of the thyroid and something else. Yeah. He had like three, he had cancer in three different parts of his body. Yeah, you had me at testicular year. cancer though. In less than a year, he's coming back and completing one of the hardest, one of the single hardest athletic endeavors a, a singular human being can take part in, and to then go on and win it seven six, times, seven consecutive times. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there wasn't steroids there. I think because he was so firm in denying it, I was like, all right, I'm gonna believe him, man. I'm just, I'm gonna believe him. Um, well, I, I I believed him, you know, as a, as a cancer survivor. I was gonna say it was a, like a super motivational thing for me to see that somebody could come back from it and do do what he did. But uh, looking back on it now, it re- uh, the signs were all there. That actually brings up an interesting question, especially in your case. Do you feel like looking back? The positive with Lance Armstrong and the contributions with Livestrong outweighed the negative of him being a liar and, and, and you know, ruining people's lives who would question him. You know what I mean? How do you feel on that? I, I, it's, it's, that's a really, that's a hard question because yeah. what he did 
sports-wise, was horrible, awful, mm-hmm. vicious. But what he did as a, uh, a philanthropist was incredible. It was nothing short of incredible. You couldn't go anywhere in the States without people wearing those Livestrong bracelets. I mean, they were... Nike couldn't make them fast enough. That's crazy. You're right. Everyone in... This is probably 05, 7th grade, 8th grade time just had them. Everyone. Everybody and their mother had a Livestrong bracelet. And it spawned that whole knockoff awareness bracelet fad. (laughs) What a mid-2000s thing that was. Oh, mid to late, mid to late aughts. Yeah, I remember true. my high school had them, like, for a couple of different causes. I remember, like, nonprofit groups would make them for any and every cause. And it got to the point where it was just sort of like, it didn't matter. They didn't mean anything. People had them on and didn't know what they were supporting. They just had them on because they're like, oh, I want to feel cool and have a vinyl bracelet on. I want to give a shout-out to my brother, Sam Selby, who... Pretty much every time I see him now, no matter what event, I've seen, seen him wear it at a wedding. I've seen him wear it to formal places. He has a uh, a Toon Squad Space Jam bracelet, bracelet that he wears everywhere. And you I, know what? I respect, I respect the commitment there. I know. It's more that he will wear it everywhere, and it's like, like it's a big, important cause to him. And, uh, it, I mean, it's an important cause to many of us. I just wanted, by the way, quickly back to my original point, um... I don't feel like you besmirching Barry Bonds' name is fair, but you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that one for another time. Of course. Oh, this will. Oh, hey, listen, we can talk about Barry Bonds whenever and wherever. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. As big as that man's head is, it probably has its own gravitational field. Listen, as a fellow big-headed man myself, I can... No, say- no, 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 no. You have a large head. That man has a gargantuan head. You know those things you squeeze with your wrists to, uh, you know, just to kind of increase the muscle uh, resistance, like the little uh, muscle. Yeah, thing. wrist wrist grips. Yeah, Barry Bonds would chew on those, and that's why his head got so big in the later portion of his career. It's simple math. I, you know, I'm just all I'm saying with Barry Bonds is an American hero acquitted in a federal court. Yes. The only thing, the only thing Barry Bonds is the only the true American hero has to take to a federal court to defend himself. Like every American hero. <laughs> the only thing Barry Bonds is guilty of is being a good human being and trying to win some ball games. The only thing he's guilty of is loving the game too much. <laughs> exactly. We've got it. That is a Barry Bonds statement. Anyway, let's move on because as much as I love Barry Bonds, we do have other stuff to talk about. Uh, we wanted to talk about that coaching scandal in the uh, NCAA that broke this past weekend. Ah, uh, yes. The NCAA where... Uh, Kids have been kid, kids don't get paid the money that they're worth for a billion dollar industry, but coaches can make millions. Yeah, and when we, mm-hmm. and, I mean, kids not getting riddle paid their me, worth. Riddle me that one, Batman. Ki- kids not getting paid their worth is one thing. Kids not getting paid a dime is another. Yeah, that's that's even worse. And the fact that the NCAA has invoked the Thirteenth Amendment in uh, certain legal cases to set a precedent as to why they don't feel like they should be paying athletes, which is really not a good look when you're using a law that disallowed slavery right you know that's sort of like, like the it's like that's the crutch we're going to use to defend us that's, not paying our that's that's the best that's the best you guys have got really i was going to say worst case you say to not pay the players okay i obviously we both think they should at least let them market themselves 
Like, yeah. you're not even letting, you can't, they're not allowed to make money elsewhere. Like, they're specifically not allowed to. A flute yeah. player in college can, can go perform the flute at the National Flute Hall in Flutesylvania. But, you know, star, you know, I assume, I don't know. The star basketball player at, at Duke can't make a dime until he goes for the pros. Yeah, that's just that's just patently ridiculous. Considering the TV contracts, like if, if you think about the the money that the NCAA brings in just off of men's basketball alone is yeah. at least a billion dollars. I think Turner paid eleven billion for their rights to the tournament in twenty eleven. Yeah, and where is that money going? Yeah, you know, to Ernie Johnson. He's not getting any of it. Yeah. Now, having said all that. We believe the rules are ridiculous and silly, but if you are a college basketball coach, as Sean Miller, uh, as of 3.53 on Monday, is still of Arizona. <laughs> or Rick Pitino, or Rick who's Pitino. No, who, no longer no, a coach. No longer a coach at Louisville, but let's be quite honest, this wasn't Rick Pitino's first controversy rodeo. No, I was going to say Rick Pitino. Nothing, Rick nothing quite beats Rick Pitino making the beast with two backs at an Italian restaurant. Can we say allegedly, or was that proven? I mean, I, I, don't, did, alleged, I don't Did I say allegedly making the beast with two backs? Rick Pitino made the beast with two backs with a random cocktail waitress. And then he decided, hey, I'm at Louisville. He's not, well, even if he didn't know what was going on, uh, you should probably have better administrative control than to allow what did happen to go. And they asked to recently vacate their title for, as has been pointed out, for the for the sex party scandal. Not even the FBI scandal that's still ongoing. Like, that could still come down already. Like, they're still in deep water. I, hopefully the NC, hopefully the, uh, the FBI, who honestly have better things to be doing than oh, sure. investigating this. I agree with that. Like, the, the FBI has more important things on their hands, but... You know, just doing a quick search of Rick Pitino uh, on on Google. The first three links: uh, Rick Pitino testifies about woman uh, testifies about sex with woman accused of extortion. Mm-hmm. Learn everything about Rick Pitino's 15 second encounter with a woman named Karen, and then three scandals that tainted Rick Pitino's legacy in Louisville. And that's just the first three articles. Yeah, I was gonna say that's just from a basic whatever, and then you sort of forget that. I mean, <sighs> Rick. Rick Pitino and John Calipari are the only coaches I could think of who have lists of enemies, published <laughs> enemies. Like they're, like they're on Richard Nixon's shit list or something. These, Rick Pitino and John Calipari are single-handedly better agitators of, of, their, of their peers than just about anybody in any industry I could think of. And, well, the best John Calipari moment was when uh, John Cheney busted into his press conference and threatened to kill him multiple times, which is still one of the funniest uh, things yes. I've ever was seen. This when, was this when Cheney was at Temple? Yes. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll, I'll bleep and kill you. I'll bleep and kill you. I'll fucking kill you, man. Oh, uh, this was back when... This is back when Calipari was at UMass. Yes, and um, so this was, you know, this was just good old-fashioned college fun. And now, you know, unfortunately, now once you get into like extortion and sex scandals and paying money and all that, it gets a little less fun. It, it was, it's not as good as the good old days when a coach could walk into another press conference and threaten murder on one of his uh, contemporaries. I also, I, I think ultimately, you know, the NCAA can tell Louisville to vacate those wins, and Louisville can, you know, do that. But, but in the minds of these players. As Kevin Ware said it, said it best on Twitter, huh, 
Huh? They're gonna make me vacate the. They're gonna make the school vacate those limbs, but I still got this fat ass ring on my finger. I was gonna say, Kevin Ware can also say, "Hey, does that take away the fucking gruesome injury I had in that tournament, or are you guys gonna be able to take that away?" Not, not only, not only did he have that gruesome injury, but less than a week later, there was official school gear that was like wear strong. Yeah. I don't think Kevin Ware saw a dime of that. I was gonna say. I, his basketball career was effectively over. Because he played for free and didn't, you know, whatever. But yeah, you know, stay strong, Kevin, where we, we support you, except for when it comes to being able to provide you money. Look, man, that fat-ass ring ain't going anywhere. Sean Miller, um, unfortunately for Mr. Miller, I believe is what the alleged transcript of the tape is, if it's money, it goes through me, which, um, you know, if you're a college coach, probably isn't a great look. But Not, a, not, the, not the best look. <laughs> um, you know, and he really screwed up because... Uh, he was gonna get a huge. He was gonna create a, a huge Arizona fan out of you. <sighs> because, as we know, my other hero, more than Barry Bonds, Shaquille you're, you're, Rashawn O'Neal. Your truest hero. Where is he from? He is from New Jersey, originally. Then he he of course traveled around the globe. That is in the kind of in the armed forces. Went to LSU. Love Shaq University. Then he went to the Magic. And then the Lakers, and then the Heat, and then the Suns, and then the Cavaliers, and the Celtics, before transitioning to the broadcasting booth. One Shaquille O'Neal, an American legend, an American hero, an American icon. Anyway. Made possibly two of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> I, 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 you, you must be talking about Blue Chips, which I haven't seen, because Kazam is up there as one of the better movies ever made. Oh no, I was absolutely talking about Blue Chips and Steel. Kazam is... <laughs> Kazam's flawless. Kazam's flawless. That's a flawless film. <laughs> True artistry. I just remember because I watched it maybe, I think I actually watched it for the first time a couple years ago. It was on NBA TV. And I remember there was a scene where food, Shaq literally starts making food start rain from the ceiling. And I'm like, man, I can see why this movie really bombed. <laughs> Although the concept of a rapping genie seems like a great one on paper. Ah, uh, yes. A rapping, not just not just a rapping genie, a rapping seven foot four genie. Seven one. I mean, if it was seven four, it'd be unbelievable. But seven one's still in the realm of believability. And so, by the way, Shaq's son, just to finish up on that, de committed from Arizona because he said, "Ah, you know what? Um, Maybe I should just kind of let this one take care of itself and let me see if I have other options available." Yeah, because the last thing the last thing his son needs is. uh... Money, because, you know. Shaq's got a bit of money, yeah. Shaq's got the money. I did want to quickly go back, because we initially tried to, full full disclosure, we tried to record this last week, and uh, technology got in the way of uh, what would have been a beautiful episode. We were going to talk about the NBA All-Star game last week. Um, Just briefly, I I enjoyed it. I'm glad they actually tried. What amused me and what amused David was that uh, NERD performed at the halftime show. The first song they performed was Lap Dance. Lap Dance. Here's the thing. If they were in Miami, if they were in... They were in L.A. I guess it would have... I mean, it still makes sense then, but like it would have made even more sense. Atlanta. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Atlanta, Miami, or Vegas. The stripper capitals of America. And um, and then of course thinking back to that song, um, there was a there was a white rapper who people forget on the song named Lee Harvey. When you think of Harvey, think of a Harley. Ah uh, yes, the one Lee Harvey. 
Well, there's two Lee Harveys, as I found out before. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you not? Did you not know about Lee Harvey Oswald? I literally, literally, maybe thirty seconds before we start recording this, it just finally hit me that Lee Harvey, the rapper, na- obviously named himself after the man who shot right. and killed John F. Kennedy. Allegedly shot John F. Kennedy. <laughs> we don't know. Sure. It is a public forum. Let's always keep that going. Yeah. Yeah. And, let's uh, you know. Let's hear all sides. <laughs> Got to hear both sides. Yeah. I, I, for one, firmly believe that it was two lookers on the grassy knoll who really tried to do it. <laughs> they just didn't get to it anyway. You know what? They didn't get a look. Look, they were they were face and body models. They're a different breed than the hand guys. Overall, just a shit show. Anyway, um, now that we've made light of a presidential assassination, uh, David, do you have anything else you want to end the podcast with? Um, no, I'm good. All right. Uh, NHL, tra- NHL, I guess, well, one thing. NHL trade deadline is today. Happened about an hour ago, and Caps have made no moves. How are the Caps doing this year? And, yeah. They're not, not as good as past years but they're certainly not the Rangers. They're not the Vegas Golden Knights, either. Yeah, they're certainly not the Vegas Golden Knights, either. Um, all in all, kind of kind of disappointing. But, um, you know, the uh, the season's still going, so remains to be seen. Yeah. I wanted to give a shout-out. Uh, well, you know, both baseball, which, uh, you know, you're not the biggest fan of. I am, starting. I'm excited I, about that. I, I enjoy... I enjoy minor league baseball, and I enjoy going to baseball games, um, but watching it on TV makes me want to cry. <laughs> Fair enough. That was also very diplomatic of you. I, I appreciate that. And uh, we also wanted to give, uh, do we want to do our MLS season preview? Yeah, MLS season preview. Uh, I'm guessing that the LA Galaxy are going to buy a, a DP player mid-season to either revitalize their attacking line or just further bolster an already ridiculous cupboard of riches. Oh, wait, they signed Zlatan. So, yeah. Um, the league is what it is. All the good players go to the big cities. And uh, teams like DC are left floundering with ownership that refuse to spend any money. Is, so, yeah. Um, is, is Freddie Adu still in the MLS? Uh, you know, I don't know if... I don't know where Freddie Adu is. He's my age, and I don't think he's stuck with a team for more than, like, 18 months in a 13-year pro career. That's crazy, man. Like, he's mm, let's just, let's just not, let's, let's save Freddie Adu talk for another day. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was our MLS season preview. You heard it here first, you heard it here best. Uh, also, save the crew. Don't go to Austin. <laughs> Are they going to move that team? There's, there, there has been talk of, of the Columbus crew moving to Austin. I think that's a terrible idea. Columbus is one of the original franchises in the league. The Columbus Stadium has got a huge amount of sentimental value for the U.S. national team. As far as games played goes, though, they're not really means anything anymore, um, considering, that the US, considering that the U.S. soccer has just voted for more of the same. And, uh, yeah. Hey, you know, what, you know what? The MLS is expanding, uh, despite the fact that you as a huge soccer fan don't watch. Uh, me, not, you know. Part of why I don't watch MLS is because I can't consistently find it on TV. That's like, true. That's true. No, no other league routinely shoots themselves in the foot to get media coverage, quite like the MLS. Like, I've, you know, I'm glad that they've been able to get ESPN and FS and Fox Sports to commit to carrying them. 
you know, and that they're the both believe that those different channels are willing to advertise for the other, being like, oh yeah, you know, check it out here, check out the double header. But like, if you're not, if you don't want to watch just those games, if you want to watch your local team, it is damn near impossible to find an MLS game on TV. Which in 2018 is ridiculous, but you know, yeah, yeah. like I, I can barely find them on streaming platforms, which is really telling you. Something. Yeah, no. <laughs> Anyway, I wanted to also, before we close out, I wanted to give one shout-out to one David Hart celebrating his three-year anniversary with the, three, with the aforementioned Bethany. Be- Bethany Alley, the wonderful, wonderful human being that she is. Uh, the, on the 2% chance that she's listening to this podcast, uh, and I would put it, that's probably a high percentage, I just want to give her a salute and a shout-out. You'll, you'll get a response from her. <laughs> Perfect. On that note, this is the second episode, maybe our best to date, maybe our worst. Kind of a 50-50 kind of coin flip at that point. Who knows? But uh, this has been underemployed, y'all, and here's to the benefits line. Yeah, man. And hey, hey, listen, you got hot takes for us? Throw them at us, because we got the hottest of hot takes. Yeah, such, such sous vide takes. Flaming hot. Peace, y'all.